Hello, dragonflies. Welcome to the Gilmore Gals podcast, where we take a deep dive into each episode of the beloved show. We're your hosts, Sarah and Ani. We're huge Gilmore Girls fans and we're besties. In this podcast, we talk about everything Gilmore, from the pop culture references to the tiniest minutia only a true Gilmore nerd would care about. Copper boom! Hello, dragonflies. We are back from our hiatus and we apologize for the long wait. All we can say is that both Sarah and I had a lot going on, but we hope to be more consistent going forward. Yes, and we are so happy to be back and to discuss this emotional episode. So let's jump right in, shall we? Let's do it. Season one, episode nine is called Rory's Dance. It's written by Amy Sherman Palladino and directed by Leslie Linka Gladder. For our synopsis, Chilton is having its first formal dance of the year, and Rory is nervous about asking Dean to go with her, as she is still a little uncertain of the nature of their relationship. What begins as a fairy tale evening ends up opening old wounds between Emily and Lorelai and causing a serious rift between Lorelai and Rory. All right, let's jump into our fast facts, shall we? All right. First of all, you remember how in the last pod that was months ago, I mentioned that the scenes with Lorelai and Max in the snow sounded dubbed over. Like it sounded yes. weird. Yeah. Yes. Well, it turns out that they had to use a snow machine, obviously, because it's filmed in Burbank. There's no snow. So the snow machine that they used to create the fake snow was so stinking loud that all of those scenes had to have the dialogue re-recorded because of the snow machine. <laughs> Wow, that was was a really good catch because, like, I didn't notice that it had been dubbed, but you're, like, eagle ear or something. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why. It just bugs me. The sound of it sounds so fake. And, like, they have to – when they're re-recording their lines, they're basically acting again, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's weird and stilted. So it always sounds weird to me. Next up, we are going to talk about the location of Rory's dance. This location was used multiple times throughout the series and was shot at the Ebel of Los Angeles, a historic building located on Wilshire Boulevard. We're going to see this exact same location again during Rory's coming out party, which is, I believe, this season as well. And then in the 100th episode, which is called Wedding Bell Blues, where Richard and Emily renew their wedding vows, they film them all three of those episodes in that one building. And um, if anybody remembers another time that we see this same building, please let us know. I'd be very curious. So we just had to share some fascinating info we found about this place. And thank you to Ani for doing this amazing deep dive that we're most welcome to go into. All right. So the Ebel was founded in 1894 by Dr. Adrian Ebel, and it was founded by women for women. And their mission statement is to inspire women and build community through arts, culture, education, service, and stewardship of our historic campus and collections. Judy Garland was discovered there on the Wilshire Ebel stage, and all kinds of famous people have performed there, including Elizabeth Taylor and the band U2. I wonder what Elizabeth Taylor did to perform there. I don't know. Did she sing? I don't know. I didn't think so. (laughs) Should probably look into that. Um, Lots of TV shows have also, and movies have also been filmed there, like Forrest Gump and Mad Men. They've hosted some very important and influential women, including Amelia Earhart and Michelle Obama. That is a pretty impressive list. Indeed. 
Now, the ABEL is a nonprofit, and it's dedicated to getting women involved in the study of all branches of literature, art, and science. They award scholarships to students, and they provide grants to charities that help at-risk women and children in the Los Angeles area. So if you have a fancy schmancy event, like a wedding or something to throw, and you're looking for a beautiful venue, please consider the ABEL. It's a good cause. Very cool. Let's get into our recap of the episode. Here we go. Now, this episode opens with a pretty funny Friday night dinner. Richard is away on business in Prague, so it's just the three Gilmore girls. Okay, this is a total aside, apropos of nothing. Did you notice that neither Lorelai nor Rory appear to have any makeup on in this scene? Like I did not. I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I guess okay. I didn't pay enough attention. <laughs> Like Rory is, her face is usually pretty neutral because I'm guessing because she's young or whatever. But Lorelai usually has quite a bit of aim, of eye makeup on. Like um, at this point in time, there was like the bright blues and the bright mm-hmm. purples. Do you remember? Oh, um, yeah. And in this, <laughs> in this scene, at least, there's nothing. So I'm like, what do you think happened? Like budget cuts or something? I have no idea. <laughs> very interesting catch. <laughs> <laughs> Only I would notice that. <laughs> So Rory is swooning over Prague and says to Lorelai that they should go there on their backpacking trip. And Lorelai responds with, absolutely. And then we should go to Turkey and stay in that place from Midnight Express, which is the movie, Ani, that you researched for our last episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now I knew what you were talking about. (laughs) Right. I think this is the first time that they mentioned their big post-graduation backpacking through Europe plan, or have they talked about it before? Um, actually, Rory mentions it to Richard in episode three when they're at the golf club. Oh, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Briefly mentioned it. Very briefly. I yeah. love that. Um, then Emily notices Lorelai disgustedly picking around on her plate and asks her what she's doing. And Lorelai tells her that she's getting the avocado. And when Emily asks her, since when do you not like avocado? <laughs> Lorelai, Lorelai responds with, since the day I said gross, what is this? And you said avocado. so i wanted to put this little line in this episode because it took me back to a similar conversation i had when i first tried avocado um as i've mentioned i'm from michigan originally and you know we don't really get a whole lot of you know avocados are not native to (laughs) michigan (laughs) and uh we don't really you know have them a whole lot. So anyway, one evening I was having dinner at an Applebee's with my best friend before Ani, who sadly has now passed away. And I had ordered a salad. It was like California or something. And it had avocado and probably bacon, which is what would have been what the draw was Mm -hmm. the bacon. And honestly, I don't even know if I had ever even seen an avocado before this. And I was not an adventurous eater. Ani, you know, I've always been very picky. (laughs) I don't know what possessed me to order it. So it comes out and I look at the avocado kind of warily. And then I just kind of give it just a very light little lick. And then just like wrinkled up my nose and put it down. And (laughs) I just remember Leslie just laughing so hard at that. She had this like just amazing laugh. But rest assured, now that I'm a full-blown California, I love (laughs) avocado. It is seriously one of my favorite things. It is great. And what's weird is that it it doesn't really have much of a flavor. So I'm like, people who don't like it, like what what is there to dislike? I'm I'm trying to get Zoe to eat it and like try to get her to like eat guacamole like a normal person, you know, and she's just she won't have it at all. One question for you. 
we are both people who were raised in a particular state and now live in a different state. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously not being native Hawaiian, I'm never going to call myself a Hawaiian. Right. Mm-hmm. And also at heart, I'm probably always going to be a California girl. Right. Mm-hmm. So for you, is there a part of you that still feels like a Michigander or are you full-blown Californian? I feel like I'm pretty much full-blown Californian at this mm-hmm. point. But, you know, like when I go home, um, you know, see, I still call it home. Though. Yeah, right. And um, when I go back to visit, you know, it definitely brings a lot, you know, brings back a lot of like memories and, and things like that. So I definitely, it definitely holds a very special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. But I think idealistic wise, California is much more suited to me than Michigan was. Hmm. Every once in a while, I will joke and say, oh, my Midwestern came out because like I'll mm-hmm. pronounce my vowels, you know, like a Midwestern way, like um, can or, you know, something like that. <laughs> Ryan always makes fun of me because I say bathroom. And he's like, where do you get bathroom from? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's from Michigan. What is that? <laughs> that is weird. Um, so then Emily decides to change the subject of the conversation to the upcoming form. Well, at Chilton. And we learned that Emily gets the school newsletter um, in her, I pay for the school. I should know what goes on there. Snootiness. Right. And Roy says she doesn't think she's going to attend the formal. And of course, Emily butts in and says, nonsense. Of course you're going. And we find out in the next scene that Lorelai is actually curious about Rory's disdain for dances. But in this moment with Emily, Lorelai immediately jumps to Rory's defense. Lorelai essentially says, like, respect her boundaries. Thanks. And I love that about Lorelai because she always has Rory's back no matter what. And I feel like we get a pretty good taste of that at the end of this episode. Yes, indeed. So in the car on the way home, Lorelai asks Rory why she doesn't want to go to the dance. We find out that Rory's never actually been to a dance. So deciding to hate them doesn't really make a lot of sense. Rory is convinced that it will be stuffy and boring and the music will suck and having Tristan and Paris there will make it even more awful. And we find out she's not wrong about any of that. (laughs) Right. But then Lorelai points out that Rory has a beautiful boy who's obsessed with her who could potentially make the evening very special. And she tells Mm -hmm. Rory that she doesn't want her to miss out on anything in life. And then when Rory points out that she doesn't have anything to wear, Lorelai tells her that she will make her a dress. And this, of course, made me think of my grandmother. Um, if you've listened to some of the past episodes, you heard the hilarious cupcake story. <laughs> and so not only was she an amazing baker, but she also made both of my prom dresses in high school. As we've mentioned, I'm five foot one and I've always been a bigger girl. So it was nearly impossible to find a dress, especially back then in the mm-hmm. 90s. It was even worse than it is today. Yeah. So after a few hours of shopping with no luck, Grandma looked at the dress that I really liked that was not in my size and said, I think I can make this. And she did. Um, And it was beautiful. I will dig out pics and post them on our socials so you can see them. Um, She also made my senior prom dress. And I can't even tell you how many costumes for plays she made over the years for me. Wow. Like my own personal seamstress. She was amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. I mm-hmm. I love that. I didn't really have either one of my grandmas growing up. So mm-hmm. that's really lovely. I just feel like women back then knew how to do so many more things, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. Like I can make a pie from scratch, you know, that kind of thing. Like I would have that's no because that was all that was expected of them. That's true. This is very true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I guess we can do a lot of things that they could never dream of doing. So yeah. So did you did you go to a lot of dances in high school? Um, I went to a few my freshman year, and then I didn't really um, go to too many after that until prom. And I really only went to prom because I felt like that was what you were supposed to do. Mm. And, you know, I was always a wallflower. So unless it was the Macarena, I was... <laughs> I, I was I was not a dancer. Oh man, the Macarena to me at this point is traumatizing. Like when I, I played and see people dancing, I'm like, I have to get out of this room. I know, but I love it to this day. Anytime I hear it, I can't help but mo. I mean, yeah. Oh my god, I I can see the appeal, but I don't know. There's something about it that just. Ooh. Yeah, I went to every single dance because I was very much like any excuse to buy a dress and get dolled mm -hmm. up, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was always a bigger girl too. So for a while there, it was, it was hard. But um, my senior year, my bestie and I got our dresses made by someone. And it was someone that I guess her family knew. And uh, no offense to this lady, but <laughs> oh, these dresses were rough. And she, my bestie and I both had this idea of like, let's do like old fashioned -y, like 40s style dresses, you know, mm -hmm. and our our dates wore like pinstripe, you know, old fashioned suits. It was real cute and all, but our dresses turned out, oh, really, really bad. <laughs> oh, like I can't even stand to look at the picture. It's just. I, I was going to say, do you have a picture? Like, I think, you know, we need to have post burned them all. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know. Oh my gosh. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> In the next scene, Lane and Rory are walking through the town discussing the dance, and Rory is convinced that when she asks Dean to go with her, he's going to say no. And so they eventually stop outside Dozie's Market, and Rory goes in to ask Dean after some prodding from Lane. And she begins by casually asking if he works on Saturday, and then just gradually gets more and more awkward. It is a very weird scene. <laughs> when Dean asks what the event is that she's telling him about, she says, well, it's this kind of thing where you go and they play music and you're supposed to get all dressed up and dance and then there's chicken. <laughs> I love how she delivers that line. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's great. And Dean finally picks up that she's been trying to ask him to the dance. And Ani, you will probably be happy to hear that I actually do not care for Dean very much in this episode. So firstly, it's because of this, it starts because of this scene, because she's obviously very nervous about asking a boy to a dance for the first time. And he makes it pretty clear that it's not something he really wants to do. Mm-hmm. But then when he sees that she really actually does kind of want to go, he finally agrees to go like he's some great big hero or something, especially after hearing its coat and tie. Like that was just almost enough to get him out the door. <laughs> yeah, like he's not very gracious about it, considering how obsessed he supposedly is with Rory at this point. I'm also not terribly pleased with what a waffly weenie Rory is in the scene. Mm -hmm. Like, she's just like, oh, well, you know, there's this thing. And I kind of eh. like, come on, lady. But I, you know, I guess she's pretty young. Yeah. And it's the, it's the first it's the first time, you know, it's like yeah. never had a boyfriend before. She doesn't even know if he is a boyfriend, you know, so. that whole define the relationship conversation that you have to have, you mm -hmm. know, when you're dating. I'm so happy to not have to date. I'm so happy about that. It's pretty good. It's pretty good it's not pretty to have good. to. Yeah, marriage is good. So 
Next scene, Lorelai is working on Rory's dress and she ends up with like in a scuffle with the mannequin and then she goes flying backward and she throws her back out. And Suki has come over with some extra thread and begins digging through her purse, which is chock full of pain meds. And my question is, why does she have all these? Is she like selling them on the street? Not Suki. <laughs> no. But I would like to point out that she is not wearing any Band-Aids in this scene. Mm. And I believe that this might be the first time we see her without at least one. Interesting. I wonder if going forward, if they just dropped that. Do you know? Yeah, I don't know. I'll be, I don't know. I'll be watching. I'll be watching. Right. I think personally, I think the pain meds are there because Suki is constantly getting injured. Yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so then the phone rings and it's Emily and she's called to lay a huge guilt trip about Rory not going to the dance. And, um, you know, because at this point she still thinks she's not going. And so, of course, she's elated when she hears that Rory is, in fact, going after all. And then when Lorelai tells Emily that she's making Rory's dress, Emily crinkles up her nose and disgustedly says, you're making her dress? And... <laughs> I have to say that I am actually surprised she didn't fight more with Lorelai to buy her a dress mm -hmm. instead. Um, and perhaps that's because she's trying to make her next move, which is to elicit an invitation for pictures before the dance. She's so awful. <laughs> the snootiness and the passive aggressiveness in this exchange, in this scene, it kills me. So first of all, she insinuates that Lorelai might make the dress out of curtains. Like Forlan Maria. <laughs> okay. And then she goes on and on about how this is such a special event. No, it's it's just a dance. It's not like it's prom. It's just a dance. And she's like, take lots of pictures so I can line them up in chronological order and pretend I was there. Seriously? <laughs> I would have been like, you got it. And hung up on, on her right there. Okay, sure. I'll do that. She's awful. It would have served her right. And you know, I may have mm -hmm. some baggage with this kind of passive aggressive nonsense, but I'm not sure if that's obvious to our listeners. <laughs> well, let's just move on from that. <laughs> the next scene sees Paris selling Tristan tickets to the winter formal. And of course, he has to be a jerk by hinting to Paris that he wants to ask her to the dance, but he thought better of it because of course she'd have a date by now. Oh, he's such a jerk. Such a jerk. Ugh. Okay. And then he wanders over, he finds Rory waiting in line. And of course, he has to stop to harass her as well. And he chauvinistically says that it's the guy who's supposed to get the tickets, to which Rory responds, well, what can I say? I like him cheap. <laughs> and then <laughs> she proceeds to try and get him to leave her alone like multiple times. And he, he's such an entitled jerk. He won't respect her boundaries at all. During their back and forth, Tristan confesses that he doesn't have a date. And Rory tells him that Squeaky From, a Charles Manson devotee, is up for parole soon. <laughs> and then he, he then says he thought Rory might like to go with him. And she responds with a perfect comeback. You'd have to be stupid to think that, given our history, I would ever, barring a piano or a safe falling on my head, want to go anywhere with you, ever. Oh, beautifully so delivered good. So <laughs> <good>. <laughs> and of course paris hears this exchange and becomes super jealous and she calls rory an idiot because tristan was being nice to her and rory was such a jerk to him and then she goes on to say something about rory not really having a date and now and how she's a loser blah 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 so just a little foreshadowing of a scene to come in a little bit mm -hmm. so the night of the dance has arrived and we see rory come out of her room in what is perhaps the ugliest dress i have ever seen and i have seen some doozies in my nearly 40 years and Lorelai is propped up against the arm of the couch supporting her injured back so why do you well, what don't you like about that dress it, like I thought it was pretty well look 
I think the color is like an old lady color. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the I don't know even what it's called because I don't know enough about clothing, but the the top part that goes like across her shoulders mm-hmm. and across her chest, I feel like it's droopy. Like it, mm. like it was either too big or it wasn't fitted right or something. I don't know if they were intentionally making a dress that looked like it was made at home. Yeah. I just, I found it so like bleh. <laughs> I never liked it, even when the show first aired. Well, I will definitely say that my prom dress was better than, <laughs> than Rory's. Oh, her dress was better than my prom dress, though, <laughs> I will say. <laughs> That's funny. So not only have you seen some doozies, you've yes. worn some doozies. Oh, and by the way, incidentally, thank you for not making us wear hideous dresses to your wedding. You're very welcome. Yeah. Uh, Suki then comes over with food for Lorelai, and she <laughs> goes to help Rory with some hairspray. And in, in true Suki manner, manages to spray the stuff into her own eyes, essentially gluing her eyelashes shut. I love it. You, you know, you know, I love Suki. I know. Hilarious. She's so funny. <laughs> she makes every scene better. Mm-hmm. Now, this scene features my favorite quote of this episode, <laughs> and I'm going to play Lorelai and you're going to play Rory. Ready? Okay. Come on already. I'm primping. You're 16. You have skin like a baby's ass. There's nothing to primp. <laughs> so then Emily arrives and Lorelai doesn't get up from the couch to greet her, which is a little sus. And then as Suki is leaving, she mentions that Lorelai can call her if she needs help getting upstairs, which, of course, piques Emily's curiosity. Lorelai is trying to keep the back injury a secret and calls it just a normal back spasm. She just doesn't want Emily fussing over her or perhaps judging her somehow. Mm-hmm. Emily is so pleased with how Rory looks. She actually says, I'm so glad you decided to buy her a dress. Ugh. If I were Lorelai just then, I would have gone, ha, I totally made that dress in your face. But instead, <laughs> Lorelai just smiles and she winks at Rory and she keeps it to herself. I don't say this often, but Lorelai is more mature than I would be in this moment. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. I, I totally would be with you. Mm-hmm. So then Dean pulls up and honks the car horn. So again, this is another thing where it just bugs me. Mm-hmm. And Rory says her goodbyes. But Emily stops her and says, you do not go running out the door when a boy honks. This is not a drive through She's not fried chicken. <laughs> and I will say I somewhat agree with Emily on this. I mean, I know that they had agreed for him to just honk the horn. But how rude is that to just be honking your horn for somebody? Mm-hmm. And also, why does it take him so long because to get the hint? Because he's stupid. <laughs> and then he gets to the door and he very impatiently rings the bell like three times in rapid succession. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Have I mentioned I'm not a fan of Dean in this episode? <laughs> you have, yes. He. It feels like he was raised in a barn in this episode. Like, he didn't... Mm-hmm have any manners or any clue so Lorelai just she keeps going it's fine just let her go just let her go but Emily is adamant that they all just have to sit there and wait for Dean to grow a brain and figure out what's going on and come to the door and properly knock or whatever he has to do and I would have been like to Emily if I were Lorelai I would have been like this is my house and my daughter and we live by my rules I have never understood why in this scene Lorelai defers to her mother this way and just everybody just has to sit there and wait. It seems uncharacteristic of her, don't you think? Yeah, but, you know, she was also injured and she mm-hmm. might figure it's just easier to just go along with it. Not not put up a fight. Like, choose your battles, I guess. Yeah. Emily is just impossible. And then Emily makes Dean go through the whole excruciating meet the grandmother ritual without prior notice. Poor guy, he looks even more confused than usual and 
I do feel a little bad for him in this part. Okay. You say confused. I say <laughs> stupid. This boy is stupid. Okay. This is the first time he's ever met his girlfriend's grandmother. This is the first time. And all he can think of is to say, hi. Not like, it's a pleasure to meet you. You know, I'll make sure and take really good care for you. You have nothing to worry. Nothing. He just said, hi. He's stupid. And he didn't even bother to attempt to shake her hand. Oh I know. Maybe he was just crabby about having to come in the house. And so he's just sulky. I don't know. But again, this is an example of if you really like this girl, you mm-hmm. want to make a good impression on her right. mother and her grandmother. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's stupid. Okay. So in this scene, Lorelai introduces her mother to Dean as Emily Post. And I didn't get the reference, so I did a little deep dive. This is a mini one. little tangent. Ready? Mm-hmm. According to Wikipedia, Emily Post was an American author and socialite who lived from 1872 to 1960, and she was known for her books on proper etiquette in high society and business <laughs> and politics. So that's why the whole thing about, no, you have to wait mm-hmm. inside for him to come into the door. Blah, blah, blah. So these types of books were really popular due to America's, quote, exotic mix of immigrants and newly rich who were eager to fit in with the establishment. Men had to be taught not to blow their noses into their hands or to spit tobacco onto ladies' backs. (laughs) Wait, these were actually in these books? (laughs) I guess Americans were just such trash at the time, you know, because we're just a collection of I don't know what. And there was a lot of like frontiersy people, maybe. I don't know. But blow your nose into your hand like who's doing that i don't know that's gross (laughs) anyway so emily post taught taught people not to do that oh well thank you emily post because i am so glad that men don't spit tobacco on my back right you know rude The kids leave and Emily asks Lorelai how she's going to take care of herself all evening and then suggests that maybe she should stay the night. And a horrified Lorelai is like, no, no, mom, you really don't have to do that. (laughs) And then she stands up to prove how well she's doing, but she can't do anything other than stand. So Emily decides to stay. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) She stands up and then Emily's like, okay, now move. Move. And Lorelai is like. Right. (laughs) And Emily's probably remembering the photo that she saw in Lorelai's room where she had broken her leg in a freak yoga accident and Emily had never heard about it. Mm -hmm. And that fact really made her very sad. And so she probably wants to make up for it somehow by being there for Lorelai now in her current moment of need. And can I just say that I personally love these Emily Lorelai scenes where they kind of team up and they get quality time together. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you begin to see the ice thawing a little bit on their relationship before all hell inevitably breaks loose. Of Always. <laughs> Never fails. <laughs> it is a drama after all. This Well, it's true. So then next scene, we see Rory and Dean in his car driving to the dance. And Rory is clearly having cold feet about going. She's all nervous and she's trying to convince Dean that they should probably just forget the whole thing. Rory keeps vacillating and finally asks Dean what he thinks. And he says, I think you look amazing tonight. And that clinches it. They are going to the dance. 100%. I love her face. I love her face when he says that. She's just so, like, happy. Oh, she's so cute. <laughs> 
So then back at Lorelai's house, Emily is rooting around looking for the Baccarat candlesticks that she got for her last Christmas. And I have to wonder, like, what possessed her to decide to go and look for those right now other than to prove to herself that Lorelai doesn't have them anymore? Right? Like, right? why do you, Yeah, exactly. That's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> and Lorelai admits that she exchanged them for her crazy monkey lamp that she has in the living room. Emily, of course, is horrified. You traded my lovely gift for a semi-pornographic leering monkey lamp? And of course, there's nothing actually pornographic at all, and they are certainly not leering. Aren't they doing the whole see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil thing? Indeed. Yes. It's called the Three Wise Monkeys. And I've always been really curious about this symbol because I've seen it done with lots of different animals and such. Mm -hmm. And originally it was three Japanese macaques, which are also known as snow monkeys. You know, those ones that like they take a dip in the, in the natural hot springs and they are always surrounded okay. by snow. Yeah, those guys. So technically the animals on Lorelai's lamp are apes, not monkeys. They're they're chimps, I think. So the symbol, this um, the Three Wise Monkeys, um, I did a, a little deep dive and it embodies the Japanese principle of, as you said, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. And I found out that the one covering his eyes is named Mizaru. The one covering his ears is Kikazaru, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong. And the one covering his mouth is named Iwazaru. And there is no single interpretation of this symbol that we've kind of seen all over the place. In Buddhist tradition, it's about not dwelling on evil thoughts. And then some folks think it refers to a lack of moral responsibility, like, for example, looking the other way or feigning ignorance in the face of something important. Fascinating. Cool. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for doing that. Cool, right? That's awesome. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I've always seen, you know, seen that, but I had no idea like what it really meant. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, next, Rory and Dean have arrived at the dance. And as we mentioned in our fast facts, this is the first but not the last time that we will see this building that they're in during the scene. And Dean kindly asks Rory to dance, but they're interrupted by Madeline and Louise, and the latter proceeds to blatantly try and flirt with Dean right in Rory's face. But, but Dean picks up on it and puts his arms around Rory, and he makes it very clear that he only has eyes for her. Incidentally, fast forward three seasons, there's <laughs> that scene. Louise makes the exact comment about Dean to Rory. Okay, so now this is a spoiler alert. There's an episode where Rory and Paris go on spring break, their freshman year of college, and Louise predicts that Dean's marriage won't last because, quote, he only had eyes for you, girlfriend, deep, long, soulful Rory eyes. Do you remember <laughs> that scene? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I should do. <laughs> and I want to mention my freshman year of high school, my first quote unquote boyfriend, who was like three weeks, it was like nothing, right? Mm -hmm. There was this chick who was acting exactly like Louise in the scene, oh. literally put her arm like through his and grabbed him and like looked right at me like, ha, I'm touching your boyfriend. <gasps> I was like, what is what? You tramp? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There was something wrong with that girl. But what was really wrong with it, though is that his reaction was to just kind of stand there. Like, mm -hmm. he should have been like, um, no, excuse me, I have a girlfriend, right? Yeah. But granted, he had been, what's the word, got moved up, so he was a year younger than the rest of us. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So he was a child. Yeah. Probably was either a flattered that he had these two older women going after him, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> or just, like, completely, like, surprised. Yeah. Or stupid, yes. That's <laughs> Well, as Rory and Dean make their way to the dance floor, they are intercepted by Paris, who very sharply says, you came. Rory's like, uh, yeah, you sold me the ticket. 
And Paris's mysterious date introduces himself, and Paris quickly pulls him away as soon as she can. And probably because she doesn't want them to know exactly who he is, which we will find out soon. And the lovebirds head to the dance floor and kiss, and we see this is Rory and, and Dean, not Paris and her date. No. Um, <laughs> so they are on the dance floor, and they kiss. And we see Tristan watching and sulking. And this also will come into play in a bit. And I wanted to mention, in this scene, Tristan is leaning against a pillar. Mm -hmm. I think it's the exact same pillar that Rory leans on in the episode with Richard and Emily and their uh, huh? renewal. I think it's the exact same one. She's leaning there and she's watching Logan and his date dancing. And she's got the exact same look on her face. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that is weird. I wonder if that was intentional. I wonder. Interesting. Well, after a brief sweet scene featuring Emily trying to make up for 32 years of so-so parenting, we are back at the dance and Dean goes off to get drinks and Rory is approached by Paris's date. It's apparent that he's trying to hit on her, which leaves Rory a bit confused, seeing as how he's there with Paris. Come to find out, he's Paris's cousin. <laughs> this news obviously leaves Rory very happy, especially after that whole scene with Paris telling her that she wouldn't have anyone to go to the dance with, or at least no one better than Tristan. Mm-hmm. So Lorelai and Emily are watching an old-timey movie together, and they seem to be actually having a nice time. And Lorelai finally tells her mom that she made Rory's dress, and Emily tells her that she did a lovely job with both Rory and the dress. Aw. And as far as we know, this is the first time that Emily has ever praised Lorelai's parenting skills. And uh, she's crazy. That dress is hideous. Back at the dance, Dean suggests that they go out for a cup of coffee, maybe go take a walk, just the two of them. And he leaves to go get their coats. And then Paris accosts Rory at her table. Paris assumes that Rory has gone off and told everyone about her date being her cousin because that's what Paris would have done with that kind of intel, right? Mm -hmm. And so Rory's like, I don't want to pay you back. I just want to get away from you. And Paris ends up outing herself because the natural register of her voice is super loud. So, of course, everyone overhears her shouting about her embarrassing secret. Dean is stopped on his way back to the table by none other than Tristan Dugray, who is characteristically rude and disgusting. And Dean keeps trying to avoid a confrontation. You know, he's just like, get out of my way, you know, get out mm -hmm. of my way. Finally, he goes, get out of my way, Dristan. Turns out that Dristan is the name of a nasal spray product. <laughs> Just about the lamest insult ever. But does that ever happen to you? Like when you're in an argument, you can't think of anything intelligent to say. And then a few hours later, you're at home and you're like, oh, I should have said this. A hundred percent. Yes, because I, first of all, I don't really get in arguments with people, but yeah, like I'm not confrontational. But in the few times in my life when people have been like outright rude to my face, mm -hmm. I just kind of like my brain turns off. Yeah. Like I just stand there shocked. Like, did that person really just say that to me? Mm -hmm. But despite all of that, I have to say, you know how I feel about Dean, but this is yes. one scene where I'm like, yeah, buddy, you go, Dean. He's awesome here. He, the way he puts Tristan in his place and he doesn't even lay a hand on him until Tristan gets too close to Rory. And then he's like, whoa, and he pushes him. Yeah. And then Dean, being the bigger man, walks away even after Tristan tries to get all up in his grill. And when they're finally leaving, Dean squares off with Tristan and warns him, never go near Rory again. Mm -hmm. That was hot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really funny how <laughs> throughout this whole scene, Rory looks either really afraid or really concerned or really upset. And if it were me, <laughs> I would have been <laughs> lapping this stuff up. I would have been like, two fellas are fighting over me. Yes, please. 
<laughs> like whip out one of those fans, you know, and like fan yourself. Naughty. <laughs> I actually dated two best friends, like one after the other, and then went back to the original. And I was so proud of myself. Like there was no, there was no enmity. They were fine. They were still friends and everything. But I was like, just once in my life, I'd like to date two best friends. And then I did. And it was good. Not at the same time though, right? No, 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 no. no. Okay. Sequentially. They were good guys. <laughs> well, back at the house, there's a really sweet and tender moment between Emily and Lorelai. Lorelai has fallen asleep on the couch while watching the movie, and Emily pulls a blanket over her and gently runs her fingers through her hair. And in her sleep stupor, Lorelai mumbles, Thank you, mommy. And Emily smiles very slightly, and it just melts my heart. Oh, I know. So sweet. And I'm thinking, well, she's also sleepy and she's also taking pain medication. Mm -hmm. So you know, her guard is down. She yeah. lets herself be the little girl again. Mm -hmm. Well, now Dean and Rory are walking around the town and they went to get coffee and they're talking and everything. And she lets slip the B word, boyfriend, which <laughs> they have not discussed. So they have a little back and forth that ends with her asking him if he is, in fact, her boyfriend. And Dean says, I am if you want me to be. To which, of course, she replies, I do. It's official. They're boyfriend and girlfriend. And they decide to stop by Miss Patty's dance studio when they notice that she forgot to lock up the, the studio for the night. And what starts off as an innocent little diversion ends up being a disaster after they both accidentally fall asleep there. Now, my question is, how do people fall asleep in a beanbag chair? I honestly don't get that. I cannot fall asleep. I mean, I have a hard time falling asleep in my very comfortable bed. Mm -hmm. I don't get that. Maybe it's a kid thing. Maybe. Miss Patty and a bunch of old ladies enter the dance studio and find the sleeping Dean and Rory. But when they're woken up, Rory, of course, immediately starts panicking that she was out all night. She flees without her shoes in the snow and Dean's chasing after her. And Dean does redeem himself a little in my eyes in this episode when he courageously offers to go with her to explain what happened. But Rory probably wisely tells him he needs to stay far away for right now. I thought about this. I'm like, what would have been the worst thing if they had both walked in and calmly just explained what happened mm -hmm. instead of the mess that happens? I think if Emily wasn't there, it would have been a lot different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So speaking of, next we see Emily shaking Lorelai awake really aggressively, and she's obviously panicking, and she's discovered that Rory never came home the night before. And as Lorelai tries to make sense of what's going on in her groggy and increasingly panicked state, Emily pursues her around the house, making everything more stressful by shouting and asking Lorelai a barrage of ridiculous questions. Like, why don't you ever clean up around here? Because they can't find the phone. What if there was a fire? What if Rory was choking? Is she an infant? Right. Emily, she clearly lives by the motto, first step, panic. I wouldn't know anything about that. My my yeah. my family of origin was so calm all the time. <laughs> well, Miss Patty calls to let Lorelai know that she found Rory and Dean asleep at her dance studio. And Lorelai is relieved. But of course, Emily always assumes the worst and asks, what state were they found in? Mm-hmm. And real quick, in that scene where Miss Patty finds them at her studio, there's a lady who says, oh, my goodness, it's Lorelai's girl. And that woman is Mabin Hughes, Amy Sherman Palladino's mom. And that's sweet. That is sweet. <laughs> so, of course, Lorelai, she doesn't know the answer to what state were they found in yet, but she tries to assume the best of people in general and especially of Rory. And she says, let's just try and be calm until we know what happened, which is the reasonable thing to do. Right. Right. 
But Emily, of course, responds, what do you mean? We know what happened. She's clearly reliving some Lorelai getting pregnant flashbacks, and she's totally flipping out. Totally. Lorelai tries to remain calm, but Emily keeps pushing it and just won't let it go, and she's saying she won't let Lorelai allow Rory to ruin her life. The implication, of course, being that Lorelai ruined her own life at the same age when she got pregnant with Rory. Mm-hmm. But Lorelai's narrative of her own life has never been that her life was ruined by having Rory. On the contrary, she often remarks on how Rory was the best thing that could have happened to her. Mm -hmm. And Lorelai gives Emily plenty of warnings to back off, but Emily just will not stop. And the thing that really gets me is when she says, she spent the night out with that boy, the one you let her run off to that dance with. Um, excuse me, are you talking about the dance that you basically pressured the girl into going to in the Mm -hmm. first place? And then she continues on about how Rory is going to get pregnant and, quote, she's going to ruin everything just like you ruined everything. Ouch. (laughs) Ouch. And I want to go off on just a slight little tangent here. First of all, I thought this whole scene was very good acting by Lauren Graham. Mm. And my question to you, Ani, and our listeners, Lorelai's response with, no, she's not, is full of a lot of emotion. And I'm wondering, is it anger? Is it fear that maybe she's right? A little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both, but I was just curious about your thoughts. I mean, 100%. It has to be both, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the resentment of how dare you compare her to me? Like, how dare you bring all this crap up right now? I think there's mm-hmm. a lot going on in that response. And she, yeah, yeah, I agree. She did an amazing job in this scene. Mm-hmm. And then also for Emily to say, what kind of mother are you? Mm-hmm. Oh, hello. Talk about pot calling the kettle black. Right. And I am so glad that Lorelai throws that line right back at Emily. Mm-hmm. Emily also throws out a line that said at least, at least three times that I can think of possibly more throughout the series. She says, you're going to lose her. You're going to lose her just like I lost you. So that part just breaks my heart being, you know, mm-hmm. the mother of a girl. But here's a little tangent. Okay. Do you remember mm-hmm. in season six? The episode where Rory's been living with them, with uh, Emily and Richard, and she and she bails. She takes off without even leaving a note or anything. Like when Lorelai left their house at 16 or 17, she at least left a note letting them know she was leaving. Rory didn't mm-hmm. even do that. She just bailed. And so Emily was really upset. So she went off to like buy a timeshare on a plane or something, right? Mm-hmm. And Lorelai goes and finds her and Emily's very upset. And she says, I lost her like I lost you. And Lorelai finally says at the end of that scene, she says to Emily, you didn't lose me, which every single time makes me cry, especially now as a mom. I can't even imagine feeling like your kid doesn't want you in her life to be mm-hmm. estranged like that. It would just be the worst thing I could possibly imagine. Do you remember that scene? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. You didn't lose me. Oh, but in this scene, in this scene, they're both saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> much worse. Well, several years have passed between yeah. this, you know. Indeed. <laughs> well, back to the fight in the kitchen. Emily makes the point that if she had actually been such a controlling mother, she would have been able to keep Lorelai from getting pregnant and throwing her life away. And Lorelai goes on to defend Rory and says that she is a smart and careful kid and that she trusts her. And then finally... Lorelai tells Emily to leave. Damn straight. She goes into someone else's house and tells them that they threw their life away? How dare she? Like, why do people think the rules of common decency and respect don't apply when you're talking to your own kid? No right? matter the age of that kid. Not not just when they're adults, but when they're kids, too. The things I've heard people say to their children, I'm like, this is a person you're talking to. Mm-hmm. You know? I know. I know. Well, Rory has 
come home during this this fight and she overheard some of it, mainly Lorelai's kind words about her. And she thanks her for standing up for her. But Lorelai, however, is furious with Rory for not only scaring her and embarrassing her in front of Emily, but also because of all this other stuff that's coming up from her own history. She tells Rory she's going on the pill. She says it like an accusation, like you're going on the pill because she's mm-hmm. not getting pregnant. And meanwhile, Rory's over here like, what? I didn't spend the night with him. We fell asleep. So this is it's just heartbreaking. This episode does not end on a happy note. There has been a significant breach of trust on both sides. And we're going to see in the next episode that there's still some tension between the two of them several days later. Mm-hmm. And that was Rory's Dance. Join us next time as we discuss Season 1, Episode 10, Forgiveness and Stuff. We'd also like to take a second to wish you all the happiest of holidays, whatever and however you celebrate. May they be filled with love and light. Yes, and we also want to wish you all a very happy new year. And finally, we want to thank you all for listening to The Gilmore Gals. We know there's a lot of content out there, and it means the world to us that anyone would actually want to listen to our silly little podcast. And we are having a blast making it for you. Thank you all. And copper boom. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share with your friends. If you have any questions or comments, if you feel like we left anything out or got anything wrong, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at the Gilmore Gals pod. And we also have a Facebook page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Copper boom.